0: Welcome back to the podcast. I had a wonderful time yesterday helping someone set up their very first retirement savings account and watching their amazement when they discovered how even a little bit of savings early in life can compound or snowball over time to quite a pile of cash. Because this person had such a long time until they will tap those savings in retirement, investing in stocks was a good choice for them. This also got me thinking. When we say stocks, what are we talking about, really? So today we're talking stocks, what they are, their benefits, their risks, and how you can invest in them. Believe it or not, stocks go by a few different names. They're also called shares or equities. You can remember that as stocks, equities, shares, kind of like stocks equals shares, stocks, equities, shares. So what are stocks, equities, and shares? They are a share in the ownership of a company. When you own a stock, you are an owner. Yes, if you own one share of Amazon stock, you are an Amazon company owner. Probably not the owner with the private jet and expense account, but you own the company, or at least a part of it. In the case of Amazon, they have sold a little over 500 million shares, So when you buy one share, you own one five-millionth of Amazon. As an owner, you can generally vote at the annual meeting or by mail-in vote, called a proxy, on important company changes, usually one share, one vote. So the more shares you own, the more votes you can cast. In practice, most owners with a few shares don't bother. But one thing all owners participate in is sharing the profits. When a company like Amazon earns a profit, they may retain or keep some of that money to make improvements like building new equipment, expanding operations, doing research, or improving company technology. Or they may share the profits with the owners by issuing dividends. A new, smaller, or expanding company may keep all the profits. Many larger companies regularly return profits to owners through dividends. That's cash back, usually four times a year. Amazon's a big company that's been around for more than 25 years and is reporting revenue, that's cash coming in, of billions of dollars a year. Yes, that's billions with a B. So you may be thinking, if I own even just one share, surely I'll get big dividends. Actually, if you held a share for the entire history of the company, you would have received zero dividends. No cash back for you. So why is Amazon keeping all the profits? And more importantly, why have people bought 500 million shares of Amazon if they're getting no dividends? Well, Amazon has been plowing the profits back into the company so it can continue to focus on growth and expanding its operations. The overall value of the company is growing, and as an owner, you own a share of that value. The value of your share has literally gone up. Ten years ago, you could buy one share of Amazon stock for about $200. Yesterday, shares were selling for $3,443.89 each. That's a big jump. As a company owner, You can make money along the way by receiving dividends if a company issues them. You can also make money on stocks by buying shares, holding them a while, and then selling them later for a higher price. So with Amazon, you would have to wait until you sell the stock to get the cash. That's why you want to buy low and sell high. Unfortunately, even when a company keeps its profit, to improve its operations, it doesn't always go up in value. In fact, it's common for stock values to go up and down, sometimes a lot. And sometimes a company's stock price never fully recovers from a big drop. It may be because the company made poor decisions or the overall economy has caused the problems. There's one other way you may get some cash from owning a stock. If the company goes belly up and has to liquidate, all the owners will get a share of what's left after all the company debts are paid. Sadly, there's usually nothing left. So as an owner, you could lose all the money you used to buy the stock. One of the groups that would get money back, at least some of it, before the stock owners are people who own company bonds. And that's something we'll talk about next week when we discuss bonds. All right. So far, the main benefits of owning a stock are receiving regular cash if the company pays dividends, and selling a stock for more than you paid for it. Overall, stocks in the U.S. have averaged an annual return, that is a profit that a stock owner makes, of 10% a year over the last 100 years. That's pretty awesome! The risks are that stock prices go up and down sometimes way up and down, like a roller coaster, and you might have to sell a stock for less than you paid for it. Also, the company may go belly up entirely and you could lose all the money you paid for the stock. That sounds pretty scary, yeah. So is there a way to make good money from stocks and avoid the scary parts? Yes, partly. We've talked about two main risks. One, that the company you picked doesn't perform well and decreases in value, or worse, just goes belly up. The second risk is that you have picked a good company, but timing is a problem. The company you picked may do very well overall, but if you happen to need cash and have to sell its stock when the price is in a downswing, you could lose money on it. The best way to minimize both risks is to diversify. That is, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So instead of buying just Amazon stock, for example, buy shares in many companies, including those in different lines of business. Okay, but I'm still trying to figure out how to come up with the 3,500 bucks to buy my first one share of Amazon stock. It's gonna be a very long time before I can buy stocks in a bunch of companies. Now what? Thankfully, becoming a stock owner is much easier than it used to be. In the olden days, you would go to a broker-dealer, pay for your stock, pay the broker-dealer a fat commission, he would buy the stock for you, get the actual paper stock certificate, and then give it to you. When you wanted to sell, you had to do all that in reverse. Now it's pretty much all done electronically and there are ways to buy partial ownership in many companies at once with less money. Three ways of doing this are with fractional shares, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds, or ETFs. Fractional shares, also called share slices, are just what they sound like. You work through a broker-dealer like Charles Schwab, Fidelity, and you can buy partial shares or tiny slices of many different stocks. A basket with many different stocks is called a diversified portfolio. With share slices, you can choose your stocks and build a diversified portfolio with less than a hundred bucks. You have plenty of other things to do than research hundreds of companies and try to build your own special portfolio? Yeah, me too. So that brings me to mutual funds and ETFs. With both of these. They pool your money with many, many other people's money. The fund then goes and buys lots of stock in many different companies. Different funds invest in different things. One example is an S&P 500 index fund. So the S&P 500 index is a list of the 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States. An S&P 500 fund would take that pooled money and buy stocks in all 500 companies. So when you invest a dollar in one of these funds, you're buying a tiny bit of all 500 companies at once. There are funds that specialize in buying stocks in small companies or fast-growing companies, international companies, technology companies, energy companies, you name it. These funds do the research and all the buying and selling for you and will send you your share of any dividends or reinvest that money for you in the fund. The value of a mutual fund goes up and down based on the value of all the company stock it bought with that pooled money. When you want to take money out of the mutual fund, you contact the fund and tell them how much money you want to take out. Based on the overall fund value at the end of the day, the mutual fund Buys back enough of your funds from you to give you the amount of money you requested. You then have cash in your pocket and own a little less mutual fund shares. That's a smaller amount of the pooled money. You can invest in a mutual fund directly with a fund like Vanguard or buy mutual fund shares from a broker dealer. Exchange traded funds or ETFs also pool investor money and operate a lot like a mutual fund with a couple key differences. The shares of an exchange traded fund are traded on the stock exchange. So ETF prices fluctuate during the day based on supply and demand. And you can buy and sell them at any time during the trading day. You do not send or withdraw your money directly with an exchange traded fund. You buy or sell ETF shares through the stock market with the help of a broker-dealer. Lastly, you may remember I mentioned two risks earlier. One was picking the wrong company stock. In practice, mutual funds and ETFs are a convenient way to start a diversified portfolio with the very first dollar you invest. You pay a fee for this convenience, but there are quite a few broad funds that have very low fees this kind of diversified portfolio still can't guarantee a particular return on your money, and it can't guarantee you won't lose money, but the risk is much lower than starting out by buying just one stock or a stock in just a few companies. The second risk I mentioned was timing. What if your particular circumstances force you to sell stocks or mutual fund or ETF shares when prices are down? This is important to remember. One of the main risks of investing in stocks is that prices fluctuate. We call that volatility, up today, down tomorrow. And prices can stay low, sometimes taking several years to recover. The bottom line is the stock market can provide a very good return on your money over time. It is a good place to invest money that you will not need for at least five years. It's a good place to save for retirement if you're still young. Not such a good place to save for your high school senior's college education or to save for a house down payment you need in a couple years. For short-term goals, a savings account or CDs are a safer place to save. Check out our podcast episode 39, Stash the Cash, for more on that. For midterm goals, or goals that will start soon but continue for a long time, like an upcoming retirement, a mix of stocks and bonds may be a good choice. Next week, we'll talk all about bonds, so stay tuned. Alright, so you're ready to get your feet wet and invest in some stocks? Today's broadcast should give you the pros and cons, and remember, it's easier than ever to invest and diversify. With stock, mutual funds, and ETFs. If you had any questions or would like to hear about something in particular on a future episode, reach out. I love hearing from you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.